I have not cried of happiness very many times in my life. But when I woke up on Tuesday morning, having to take a piss, and I got down from my bed, my phone was exploding. And I thought to myself, why would my phone be exploding? It's 8.30 in the morning. I'm tired, and I have to piss. And I went over to my phone, and I picked it up, and I got a text from Zach. And what did that text say? It finally happened. And I called Zach immediately and started crying on the other end of the phone because I knew. I knew what that meant. We all knew what that meant. Matt Canada was finally gone. You know how sweet it was. It was glorious. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Two Steelers Fans in a Pro Football World. I am Zach. And I am Dill. We are here to bring you all the news from the NFL USFL and XFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers fans perspective. And of course that perspective is freedom. Yes. Oh, freedom. Honestly, I saw that news and I, I really true for a very long time. And then it, it was, and I liked how the Steelers or at least, you know, Eddie Faulkner who let me just uh, go in here and say uh, our new offensive coordinator, is now the uh, Eddie Faulkner, and our play well, so caller he... is uh, um, Mike Sullivan, which is a QB yeah. coach. So they they split the duties, which Mike Sullivan's tend to do pretty well in Pittsburgh. So I would say that's 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 something to be positive about. Exactly, and um, so yeah, and I like what Eddie Faulkner and you know the some of the Steelers had to say about it, and it's. You know, you never want to see somebody get fired. You never want to see somebody that you've worked that close with lose their job. I disagree entirely. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 you're good. I mean, all the fans disagree with that. I'm sure a lot of the Steelers themselves disagree with that. But it's just good to hold themselves to a very professional standard there. And, you know, don't bash on them or anything. And, you know, it it does – kind of suck for so many people to just wish for one man to just lose his job and be fired but also you got to look at it in a real world situation you know if you are not doing your job correctly you get fired that's kind of the definition of firing you get fired because you either broke a rule or you're not good at your job right and when you are that not good at your job the firing should have happened a long, long time ago. And I get what a lot of people on the offense were saying, including Eddie Faulkner, where it's like, you know, the, there's so many people on this offense. Like, to put the blame all on one guy it is difficult to do. And, of course, you never want to – in the way that he said it, you never want to see someone get fired. But, you know, we have to – you know, they, they made the changes. We now have to make sure those changes were – for the better and that they did did we have our best game of the year on sunday no we did not did we have our best game of the year on offense points wise no we have our first 400 yard game in three years that we did that we did it was beautiful and you know a a lot of people are like well you know how did you got 
400 yards for the first time, great, but you still didn't get a lot of points. I was like, yeah, but points will come. Points. If you saw how efficient that offense was, points will come. The the Bengals have a very good. They have a very bend or or bend not break defense. So do we. So Um, yeah, it's kind of like what we did. There also there should have been more points. Um, really earlier on in that game, Warren fumbles and Johnson decided that he wanted to go take a nap so he doesn't jump on it. So we lose that fumble. That was inside the red zone. So that's all. After that's why like no... that play was also right after the Deontay Johnson no call for a touchdown, right? So um, yeah. So technically, the refs took away a uh, touchdown when, in theory, we could have also count or challenged it. So kind of you know missed opportunity. I do like what Johnson said after the game. He said, regardless about whether it was technically a touchdown or not. He's like, I got to make that, and I got to maintain to the ground. I was like, you know what? Good on you. Um, You know what else you got to do? You actually play the next play because the next play you were moping about it and then just decided to just walk on the side. We don't like that. Um, But anyway, yeah, the offense looked so much more efficient. Najee Harris had probably one of his best days ever. He didn't break 100 yards, but he had 6.6 yards per carry. And he also had one of my favorite runs that I've ever seen. He literally he, – he was a pile of people, and he just kept slowly moving them down the field. <laughs> yeah, was that, so was, that was impressive. Because you see that he, pile. He, he, almost, he, he almost broke out of it, too. Yeah. There was, like, um, I think one guy that, that uh, hung on toward till the very end, but um... – yeah, it ended up being something like a 17-yard rush play. And we were backed up pretty far into our own territory. So that was really impressive. Um, and not to mention, you you see a play like that, and you just always assume they're going to blow the whistle because forward pro- progress was brought down. But he kept the forward progress the whole time. It was just – it was slow, but he kept it. And he just kept going and going and going, and then boom. Snuck his little way out of there. I was like, holy crap. Pat Fryermuth went off, had 120 yards on the day. Um, Finally, the thing is just we weren't – like you look at where we were throwing the ball, middle of the field. Finally found the middle of the field again. And I love Jalen Warren, but it was good to see Najee Harris finally break out again. And I think that was – another thing was Matt Canada was kind of – he was calling plays that specifically inhibited Najee. Um, yeah, I think not it to also, say that helps. he was favoring Warren, but yeah, you go. Well, I mean, it helps the team as a whole in terms of motivation when the thing that you know has been holding you back is finally gone. Um, so I think that probably juiced up the offense a lot too. You know, you put them against a really, really weak Cincinnati defense. But I think, and you might have touched on this already, but I'm going to say it again. The thing that I really like to see, and that it was it was nice because that's they op- that was the first thing they did. They immediately hit the middle of the field, which is something that they never did with with Canada. Um, and and I I'm, I'm I like that they did that. Yeah, I mean, it's I think one of the announcers said this too. Uh, it's getting getting the guys, getting your skill players involved early, like you know, getting the the people who perform the best with the balls in their hands, you put the ball in their hands, right? And that's, again, Canada didn't really do that. It's it's not to say, like, he was avoiding people, but 
I don't know. There wasn't a lot of there. There just wasn't a lot there. There was a whole mess more creativity, um, in in Sunday's game, which I like. Even if it didn't produce a lot of points, it it it. Uh, yeah, I think like the more that I think about it, it's because you know he didn't really target Pickens. He didn't really target Farmuth. He didn't really use Najee. And you know, the kind of the more that I think about it is like. Matt Canada, I think, tries or he tried to be so quote unquote creative or confusing that he ended up being the exact opposite. And what I mean by that is he tried to use all of these other players that people weren't thinking about. It's like you you think of the, you know, Pat Fryermuth has been one of the better tight ends in the last couple of years. George Pickens is the uh, star and he was like well if they're all covering them what if we go the other way and I was like yeah but if you go the other way on every play it's not creative and it's not new anymore it's like you know how the best teams win everybody in the league when they play uh, the Bengals over Jamar Chase yet Jamar Chase still gets the ball everybody in the league covers uh, Travis Kelsey, yet Travis Kelsey still gets the ball. And the, like, it doesn't matter. These guys are getting covered more often because they're that good that your goal is to find a way to still get them the ball. And I think that's where Kenny Pickett's really good is. I, Kenny Pickett is both one of the most efficient quarterbacks and one of the least efficient quarterbacks I've ever seen. Where he he will miss throws. I think his biggest problem that we need to work on right now is knowing exactly how to escape. I think he has fine escape ability. He just doesn't know exactly how to use it. I feel like he's always rolling out the wrong way. Um, or kind of rolling out when he doesn't need to. So I think that's a little bit of a problem. But he's throwing it away half the time that he should, which is – decent enough but when it comes to placing the balls where he needs to he he just set a franchise record for most consecutive pass attempts without a interception so i think kenny pickett has that efficiency to where he can he can get the ball to george pickens which we saw ball to pat fryermuth which he did very well and so you just you got to have trust in that offense to get it to your playmakers, which we never had before. That was kind of rambly. I hope that made sense. Yeah, I, I think I get what you're going. Yeah. The moral of the story is Matt Canada tried so much avoidance of our star players so that, you know, we could confuse the other team that we ended up just kind of digging ourselves into a hole. Star players are star players for a reason, whether the other team realizes it or not. You know, you have to go to your people who are going to make the plays. Just because yeah. some a good player on the other team is guarding them doesn't mean you should avoid them. And when you have people like Kenny Pickett, who might not have the highest ceiling, but they have a good ceiling, you still have to use it. You can't... I don't know. I feel like... So much of Steelers Nation just downplayed so much of Kenny Pickett's talent. He's so yeah. talented. 
he just needed him to have more confidence in him, and he needed the coaching staff to have more confidence in him, which yeah, I think I mean, Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, especially having Mike Sullivan be the play caller, somebody who works directly with Pickett on a day-to-day basis, I think that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, this people we've been talking about it for weeks. you got to get the ball in guys like George Pickett's hands because, you know, he's, he's crazy with it. I think we need to take the ball out of Deontay Johnson's hands because I'm sick and tired of watching him drop passes or run backwards. It's, ob- it's obnoxious. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, look, Johnson has been a good receiver in this league. He's made really good plays. But right now, George Pickens isn't – he is our number one wide receiver. Deontay yeah. Johnson is our number two. Um, now, in all honesty, you put George Pickens' hands with Johnson's route running, you've got the perfect wide receiver. Right. Unfortunately, Deontay Johnson does not have very good hands, and George Pickens really needs to work on his route running. I will yeah. be completely honest. Pickens, the reason why he has to make circus catches a lot is because he doesn't get the receivers. He really doesn't. Right. Um, not well, on a consistent long, basis, at least. As long as he comes down with the ball, I don't really care. Um, but me I'll too. But it just else. I makes it harder for Pickett to get that good window, and I think yeah. that's why sometimes Pickens does get avoided because. When you have a route runner like Johnson who can get more separation, you're going to throw it his way more often because he looks more open, even though he right. might drop more passes. You know, it's, right. it's especially when you're getting, you know, hit two seconds after the ball gets snapped because your goal line's so bad. You're going to yeah. go for the most open read. And necessarily makes a little bit more sense. Our, our O line actually looked pretty good on Sunday. Um, but the, the big yeah. thing, they were okay. I, I'm, I'm an, yeah, I mean, he got sacked a few times, but it, it happens. Um, yeah. The big thing that I want to talk about, moving away from the receivers a little bit, is the Kenny Pickett's deep ball was crazy. Oh, yeah. So I mean, he he didn't he didn't take too many shots, um, but he took a fair he took a fair number, and they for the most part they were all really really good. Which is yeah, I think there was only um, one incompletion on his passes for over ten plus air yards. And yeah. it was that one to George Pickens where it looked like he like he tried to lay out for it and uh, ended up getting like the wind knocked out of him, which it wasn't really a bad throw at all. It was just kind of a a weird route. Yeah, which you know again th- that kind of stuff that happens with everybody, not just Pickett. Um, right. So every once know, in a while you he... throw it out there long, and you know the slightest miscue on a long pass like that is going to be a difference. You know. Yeah, I mean, so now now we know he can do it, you know. So let's let's see. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that improves d- uh, down the line. Um, but I want to I'm going to circle back a little bit to the running back situation mm-hmm. because I think what a lot of people have now realized is that it isn't that Najee Harris is a bust and Warren is is really good or vice versa. It's the fact that we have a really really solid one two punch at running back. Like I don't know if you remember. You probably do. A couple of years ago, we had Jalen Warren and James Conner for a couple of years, or not Jalen Warren, Jalen Samuels. Yeah. Um, and James Conner a couple of years ago. Now, neither one of them was particularly good, as opposed to Warren and Harris are both really good, I think. Um, but Conner and, and Samuels are both, they were all right, you know? So it helps. Yeah, that was it certainly our, helps to have. Oh, sorry. To, I didn't realize you were no, you're going good, you're a little good. bit more, but that was during our undefeated 
eleven and zero season, wasn't it? No, I don't think so. Because we had what year did we draft? No, maybe it was. What I year did we draft was. Najee Harris? Was that twenty twenty one? Yeah, yeah, that would have been right. Then, yeah, after it, that. it, it would have been. That's right, because yeah. our running game sucked. Yeah, but a lot of Jalen Samuels, like those first couple games, ha- was like absolutely going off. And it's because a lot of people knew James Conner from before, where he did well when we had Le'Veon Bell, and they kind of like when Conner knew he was going to run, and so they bottled him up. It's just the thing that was happening that's happening with Najee in a lot of these games. They're bottling him up because they know he's going to run. You put Warren or you put Samuels in, and they end up running better because the other team, is it going to be a pass? Is it going to be a run? They can't play just one play. Um, and that's where Warren and Samuels kind of got a little bit better is they only really had to go against half the defense instead of the whole look. Of the- right. um, and I think, you know, Eddie Faulkner being the running backs coach really noticed that. And I think that's why Najee Harris did better this week versus Warren because Warren was doing so well the last couple of weeks that he was getting actually more attention from the defense when he was in the game. Yeah. And I think this is this is really the best way to look at it. Um, I guess in all honesty, we're really doing Steelers history would be two other times that I can think about it. Um Way back in the day when we had Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris. Um, I think that was another one. And then also, you know, more recently, James Conner and Le'Veon. Because that was a really good one-two punch as well. Did they they didn't ever play together, though. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did for one season, I believe. What about that? All right, we want to look it up. I would like to look that up, yes. All right. Because I don't think we had them together. I think the year we got Connor was the year that Bell uh, held out for a contract that he was never going to get. I said he played the 2018, so his last year was probably 2017. Actually yeah. playing. Yeah, so he didn't play the 2018 season. When did we draft Connor? I'm telling you, Connor was that, was that the year after. We drafted him in 2017. Yeah. Yep. They had one year together. They both played the 2017 season. Huh. Now, right. Connor only played in 14 games and had 144 yards, but he still averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I didn't I didn't know that. But regardless, um, I'm thinking Najee and, and Warren might turn out to be – uh, an improved version of that. Oh, yeah. for sure. And because that I think be both hope. of them are team, we're going to have a situation like we did with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Hopefully. I, hopefully. I, well, that's that's the goal. We shall see how that pans out, though. Um, but moving into now, let's a talk little about bit about the defense a little bit. We have, and, you know, yeah. defense is what we want to talk about with everything that's gone on this week. Defense a little bit. What finally came back? Because in all mm-hmm. honesty, his last couple games have been pretty lackluster, and he finally, finally came back to his uh, 
his top seeding. I thought he had three sacks on the day, but they only gave him two. But that's still, that's still fine. Do they? They? I'm. I don't know. Um. Added another fourth fumble to the list, technically. So that was good. He did. Um. Cam Hayward has also. I believe he did it earlier than this, but he technically also broke James Harrison's former record. So uh, both of them are first – or Watt is first and Hayward is second in Steelers' career sack numbers. And defense just continues to have that bend, don't break, you know? Yeah, I got you. Uh, there were two plays that really ticked me off. We were tipping the ball to Jamar Chase, all right? Twice, we decided to tip the ball, which is what you're supposed to do, but we tipped it to their top receiver. Why? Why are we doing that? Well, the one – because the one time he was going for an interception, and it just – he just couldn't quite get it. So that ball – I mean, that ball was already on its way there. It's not like we batted it straight to him. The other one was off target. The other one was an off target pass that we basically tipped into the direction of. I I don't I don't remember I don't remember there being a second one. I just remember the one. Not then then it didn't happen. But yeah, no, there was definitely a second one, and it really ticked me off. But we did get one interception. I believe it was off that second drive with, like the or the not the second drive in total, but the uh the second tip off of that same drive uh, because they were inside the 20. They were in the red zone, and we decided to get an interception because we're just good like that. Yeah. But defense, in all honesty, like obviously the defense still kept us in this game, but I, the, I, just, I loved the efficiency off that offense. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, very convenient. Yeah. The the offense the offense finally did its job. Yeah. So um yeah, I mean looking into the Arizona game a little bit. Um we got I Kevin Harlan. We do, we have Kevin Harlan, which is always that's always fun. Oh yeah. Um but we I think so we got all those yards this week against Cincinnati, which is great. You know, that means you're 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 controlling the field. Arizona's like two and nine or something goofy like that. So you got to take advantage of a team that's essentially there's, I mean, their season's over. Um, So, you know, I think if this week was the week for yards, next week's the week for points, really kind of hoping for some actual scoring. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for honestly something like a 500 yard game. Um. And yeah, tons of points on the board because we go Arizona and then we go New England, and both of those games revamped offense, defense finally having you know something to kind of play for. You know they're not just out there all day. Um. And. I mean, you're going against two of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Yeah. And uh, Kyler Murray is a mobile quarterback, and T.J. Watt loves devouring mobile quarterbacks. 
Now, the non-mobile quarterbacks, we always make them look like Lamar Jackson. But Lamar, the Lamar Jacksons, we always make them look like freaking Tom Brady. And not in passing. Tom Brady running. It's not the yeah, same. It's... it's weird, isn't it? Like, the, the most mobile quarterbacks were able to stop, but the least mobile quarterbacks, they run for, like, 200 yards. Yeah, that's that's the Stewart way, man. I, I don't get it. Yep. But as long as we we can beat Arizona next week, Patriots the week after, and then after that we have the Colts, that's going to be a little bit harder than I think people will give it credit for just because, the, I mean, the Colts' defense is really putting on some shows. We just yeah. need our defense to keep us close enough to, to get that game winner. Um, and then week 16, we have – it should be the Bengals. Yeah, it's the Bengals again. Um, which we should be able to get that game. I truly believe Seattle is really falling apart. I think we win that one. And uh, Baltimore, I think that one comes down to, honestly, whoever wins that game wins the division. Because if we win out, we are really in a position to be fighting for that divisional title. We're back on top of the Browns. We should be fifth. Yes, we're back to fifth in the AFC wild card. Because our three and one divisional record. Yep. So we just gotta hope that uh Sullivan and Faulkner call keep calling good games. Yeah. Which and look, I don't I don't doubt that we're obviously, you know, it's the NFL. We're not gonna have a four hundred yard game every time. We're not going to have a perfect offense every time. But the fact that we were able to go out here and do something that we haven't done in 58 games prior, all because – and I'm going to say all because of new offensive direction is just the spark that we really, really needed at this point. Do I think we're going to go on and win the Super Bowl? No. But do I think we actually have a lot better chance in the playoffs than we did before? You betcha. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Honestly, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I I, I agree. We just the, the defense needs to keep doing what it's doing. The offense will catch up, and it helps playing a bunch of teams that aren't really very good. Patriots, Cardinals, like you said, the Colts are gonna give us a little bit of trouble, but I don't. I yeah, that'll be you know it be what it be. Yeah, uh, I so see. I'm hoping because we've had very, very few like double digit wins in a while. I want to see the next two games be a double digit win. I'm fine with the Colts being a one score game. I understand the Bengals being a one score game, Seattle being a one score game, and the Ravens being a one score game. But the next two, we better deliver and actually put some serious points on the board here. That's the hope. Yep. But we we will see what happens. Gil, would you like to entertain us with your pondering? I am trying to think because I'm having a whole bunch of other thoughts now. Because origi- originally – I was just thinking about, you know, now you just saw Pickett throw for almost 300 yards. 
you know, do you still think about drafting a quarterback in the draft? You know, whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a very good, like, mentality. I mean, because it's just one game, you know, and a lot yeah. of guys can have can have really good one off games. So now what I'm kind of thinking of it, and I think I thought about this, um, or I suggested something like this a, a while back, like a while back. Um, I'm going to keep complaining about Deontay Johnson's drops until he fixes them. Cause it's not even just statistically, he doesn't like, he doesn't have that many or whatever. It just feels like a lot because he drops them whenever they matter most touchdowns, big throws downfield, third downs, you know, that kind of stuff. So what I'm thinking now is like, what is, is there any scenario where you're willing to potentially trade Johnson for either a better receiver off another team or trade him for draft capital and hope you draft the guy. I mean, the Steelers always draft wide receivers really well. So do you trade him for capital to get another receiver? And again, I, I brought this up before. Um, I, I said then that I would trade Johnson. I would, I would trade him for, you know, whatever. Now I'm kind of under the mindset of like, I don't, I don't like it, but I'm not really willing to, give him up for someone that may or may not replace him solely because I watched what Tennessee did with AJ Brown, which is where we don't want to pay AJ. We don't have to worry about paying Deontay Johnson yet, but you know, it's, we don't want to pay AJ Brown. We'll trade him away and get up someone who may or may not become AJ Brown. And that really just, that did not help them at all. So yeah, I, I don't love it because Johnson irritates me, but I think right now, you don't really entertain the idea of trading him, even though you have Pickens and Calvin Austin, who, by the way, has done pretty much this all this entire season, which is obnoxious to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean but the, in the all guys... honesty, I still think it's they haven't used him to his fullest extent. Yeah, um, we we've got to get him more involved. He's, I mean, you saw on that seventy-some yard play against the Raiders, he's fast, man. Yeah, we've got to use that. Got to use the speed, man. I don't think Canada's play concepts really help with that. So hopefully, once we get a new system going um, next season, we'll fix that. But I don't know. That's that. So that was my thinking. Um, I don't know. You can respond to that if you want. But I, I mean, I kind of resolved the issue myself. Um, of just he's too. Especially you watch those games where he wasn't there, and I mean, it really just kind of sucks not having him. So you you really you just can't even entertain the idea of trading unless you're going to get somebody like Justin Jefferson which spoiler alert you're not going to get yeah so I don't know yeah I I would agree I don't think you entertain the idea of trading him not right now not when we just found out how important he is to the offense and especially when I mean look you're not going to be able to trade him for anybody what you trade him for somebody that another team thinks is like equivalent and, okay, so you basically just end up with the same thing that you have. Um, so, like, I don't see any other teams will be willing to trade a receiver for a receiver. And then if you trade him for draft capital, it's like you just said. It's like he's a veteran. He's Look, he might drop pat, more passes than we would like, but he still has a veteran presence. You're going to trade him for a rookie that doesn't know any better and have – I mean – in all honesty, you're going to have George Pickens leading that locker room. 
I don't like the idea of that. I mean, yeah, you still have Allen Robinson as like a veteran presence, but I think we might have only brought him on for a year. So who knows exactly what he'll do next year. Um, and just the other thing is, you know, it's exactly like you said. If we didn't see Johnson be such – like the, the games without him, if we didn't see him be like very important because we saw how how bad we looked in the receiving game in those games without him, then maybe it would entertain the option a little bit more. But we having him on our team garners a lot of respect. Whether we target him as much as other teams think we will or not, you know, I think it's important to keep him around. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't go and draft another receiver late in the rounds. And if he turns into the next Justin Jefferson or, in more accurately, turns into the next Antonio Brown, that's without the CTE, of course, that's great. But the likelihood of that is not necessarily as high. Let's but let's let's keep the good talent that we have and not get rid of it for another shot in the dark. Right. Yeah. I mean in in any case, Zach, do you is there do you have any thinks that you thought this week? Yeah. Let's uh I do have a little hot take here. It's definitely not my hottest take, but it's a it's a good little hot take for the Matt Canada list era. I think next week we go against a very, very bad Cardinals defense. I think this is Kenny Pickett's first 400-yard passing game. I think we also couple it with over 150 yards on the ground. And I think we put up 30-plus points against the Cardinals. I think we absolutely go off. That would be the hope, man. And I, I definitely the hottest part of that take is Kenny Pickett for over 400 yards. In all honesty, I see us just going over 500 as a total offense. This past week, we were so much better, you know, 421 yards. But we still looked inefficient at times. Let's be honest. Right. There were some times that it was inefficient. Eddie Faulkner says that he's going to be making tweaks each week to make it better. I believe him. And next week we're going against a worse defense than what we had or what we were going against. And I think that tweak, also the high of coming off your first 400-yard game in a long time, I think we use that. Kenny Pickett embraces that deep ball. We start seeing the deep passes. We start seeing um, the big chunk plays. And Jalen Warren, Najee Harris both start popping off for big runs. And I think we see us absolutely tear up that Cardinals defense. I would hope so. So, I mean, look, there's a lot of things that add up to it. But, of course, it's still the Steelers offense. Um, We still just have a tendency to play a little bit more conservative. So, you don't know exactly how it's going to look. But this is what I'm predicting. Um, but yeah, I believe that is all we have for the podcast today. Um, so we will 
be back with you. Sorry we missed – we technically missed last week, so we didn't get to talk about the Browns' loss. But, honestly, there was nothing to talk about. Uh, we yeah, we, we, we shit the bed the whole time. We sucked, plain and simple, so we fired Matt Canada, and here we are now. I mean, literally all you need to know from that week was that we were so – finally so bad that Tomlin had to blame somebody else. Um, and that's pretty much the best way to put it. But yeah, that is uh that is all we have for today. And um we are going to get we're gonna be start being more consistent on everything, especially as the breaks come along. Um I know I'm swamped the next couple of weeks, so I probably won't be posting on the uh Instagram until winter break starts, but once winter break starts, uh basically that first full week of December or that second full week of December. Uh, we'll be back in full swing on there. And speaking of Christmas break, I'm going to put this out here now. We are going to start doing call-ins for probably at, at least one, probably two episodes of the podcast over the winter break. So that means a little bit longer episodes to fit call-ins from you guys, but wanted to throw that out there to you. So anybody listening to this, uh, if you want to call in, share your thoughts on anything Steelers, whether it was that game that week, whether it's the Matt Canada firing, whether it's all the way back in the 70s, 80s, or 90s when you started watching the Steelers, we will take it all. So call in, tell us your thoughts. If you're not, you know, a huge football fan, but you are friends of ours and you like listening to us talk about the Steelers, call in. We'll have a discussion. We'll teach you a little bit more about football and do something like that as well. So it's room for all levels of NFL fans, all levels of Steelers discussion and uh we will be taking all of the collins uh starting in about three weeks so stay on the lookout for that and we'll get uh more in detail about that on the instagram uh when that comes out but we're gonna throw that out here now uh in the meantime we are going to end the podcast the way the steelers fans end every day here we go steelers here we go